so it's not too much. But I found it enthralling, salacious at times, and very informative. I mean, that's that's what I was telling Kate about this. I was like, you know, I learned. I mean, I knew a lot of a lot of things about Hitler and and his sexuality and his drug use, um, but there are quite a few things I didn't know beforehand. Um, so my first question is, how did you get involved with the miniseries? They contacted me uh, to do the series, and I was under a slight misapprehension. I thought they were going to do Hitler the whole life, oh. and they interviewed me for two and a half hours at least. Uh, they were in Australia, so they did it in my rooms. And I remember because it was the week before COVID lockdown, and everything okay. disappeared. And the next thing I was getting calls from people in uh, America, England, South Africa. I saw you on a show about Hitler's sex life. <laughs> uh, and they just released it somewhere in the middle of the COVID epidemic. Well, so you're a forensic psychiatrist. Like, had you studied Hitler's sex life prior to this uh, documentary or written books about it? I had studied Hitler as you might say, a medical historian. Uh, and of course, when, when you do something like that, your forensic uh, background always plays a part. So I had my chapter on Hitler in my second book called The Exceptional Brain. And I sort of kicked it off from there. Yeah, I wonder if they were familiar with the book and they're like, hey, this guy is very knowledgeable. He'd be a good contributor to the show. Um, the other thing I noticed is Norman Oler who's the author of Blitzed, which is the, the, the book that came out a few years ago about Hitler's or drug use in the Third Reich. Uh, he was also a contributor, and uh, he was a guest on, on our podcast a few years back. So it was, it was kind of cool seeing him in there as well. Yeah, he wrote a very interesting book, but I think in retrospect, people got a bit confused if he should have done two books, one about drug use in the whole Third Reich, with the soldiers and politicians, yeah. and then a separate one about Hitler. But that's just a, a, a small point. Yeah, I actually, after reading Blitz, I thought it should have been two separate books. Yeah. Because it, they're both two huge subjects that yeah. are kind of very different too. And he kind of condensed it. That, that's what was interesting about this miniseries, is because they, they spent a good portion of it going into Dr. Morell and Hitler's relationship with Dr. Morell and his drug use, as well as like, his Hitler's, you know, psychosexuality and things like that. So it was, I thought they did it really well the way they fit it in. Um, that's how I got onto writing about Hitler. I first wrote about Dr. Morell because I'm always interested in strange and dysfunctional doctors. So once I wrote about Morell, it was easy to expand into the, the whole Hitler universe. A fascinating character, you know, that could yeah. be a subject of a future show, Kate, as a, uh, Hitler's relationship oh, with Dr. his drug Morell. dealer. Yeah. Um, I know a good portion of Blitzed is uh, devoted to that. So. so anyway, back to the series. So in your opinion, why is there such a morbid fascination with Hitler's sex life? I mean, after all these years, we still want to label him as a deviant. Why is that? I think you've got to compare Hitler with the other two mass murderers of the 20th century, namely Stalin and Mao Zedong. Both of them are terrible people who, in fact, killed between them more people than Hitler did. But it's his, Hitler's personality and his character, his sheer strangeness 
that interests people and pulls them in. The last time I was looking at the statistics, they say there are now more books on Hitler than anybody else except Jesus Christ. And they just keep pouring out. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely believe that. But I mean, people like are striving to label him as a deviant. Is it because they're trying to just, not justify, but rationalize what it is that he did and that a normal human wouldn't be capable of that, but a freak of nature could? There's three answers to that. The first one is, of course, there were a lot of people looking for any excuse to find, to, to, to understand Hitler's behavior. Secondly, he was at a time when leaders and politicians were all married with children, uh, or if they weren't married because of being widowed, they at least followed obvious relationship. Hitler, by contrast, gave this thing he is married to the German people. And he went to great lengths that this image was never disturbed. That's why he kept Eva Braun out of the picture. Um, the other thing is that people around him, like those around uh, his niece, Geli Raubal, who really were very angry when she committed suicide and were, e were starting to put out very salacious uh, rumours about his sexuality, but we have no way of proving them. Yeah. It, that is one that is one thing about this documentary is like how do you prove you know these allegations and these rumors and many of the witnesses and the sources you're know, kind of questionable in their credibility like Otto Strasser I mean he was a you know a, a Nazi turned informant hated Hitler so how can we believe what's coming out of his mouth that's the problem between let's put it this way the public discourse and real history so historians will say that is just not relevant evidence. It's not strong enough. Yeah, it's true. So I found it really interesting that you draw a parallel between the childhood of many serial killers and Hitler. And by that, I mean, he grew up in a household with an overbearing mother and a physically abusive father. Can you blame his actions as an adult on the abuse he suffered as a child? To some extent, but you've got to put it into perspective. The question is, was his father as abusive as people think, or was he just a typical semi-peasant uh, Austrian father at the end of the 19th century? In other words, they were all like that. And, yeah. of course, a bit of booze in the background didn't yeah. make it any better. And for what all his father did, his mother totally coddled him. Um, but your earlier point is quite correct. I've just... I'm busy working on uh, Timothy McVeigh, and I've drawn wow. up a comparison between McVeigh's background and personality and Hitler's. Now, I'm not trying to say that what McVeigh did was up to Hitler's standard, but it's very interesting that he had a completely reverse situation to Hitler. He hated his mother because she left the home and he thought she was a slut, but he adored his father and grandfather. And both, if you look the next step, both of them were indifferent students, although they were highly intelligent. And then in later life, McVeigh never had a, a lasting relationship. In fact, he went to some extent to avoid it. And oddly enough, he, if he had affairs, they were mostly with other men's wives. Hitler, yeah. of course, you know what his relationships with women were like. So there's quite a long list there. And... Yeah. 
if you look at the criteria for serial killers, you know, what they use in profiles, you will definitely find an overlap with what Hitler was like and what he did. Well, another connection to a lot of serial killers is their relationship with their mother. So do you think Hitler had an aberrant relationship with his mother, Clara? The question about aberrant is difficult to define. It was what we call overbonded. You know, he he was extremely close to her and she responded in kind. Now, their Jewish GP in the town he was living in treated her when she died of breast cancer. And he later said in all his years as a doctor, he had never seen someone as distraught as Hitler was at his mother's funeral. Although I later added in a comment in another discussion I had, well, you didn't see Elvis Presley at his mother's funeral. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Poor Gladys. So do you think, though, of his relationship with his mother, whether it being like she was doting or overbearing, did that warp his view on on intimacy with, with women in general? Yes, I think so, because no woman could match up to this standard of idealization that he had of his mother. And that's why you can see that he really went for young girls, young women, let's call them, because they were no threat as a real person. He could manipulate them. He could mold them. In fact, this is what he said. I want young women that I can shape the way I like. It reminds me of Ed Gein, like as a lot of, Ed Ge- like Hitler could have been digging up graveyards to, to like mold his women too. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a standard feature with serial killers. Can I quote another one for you, Dr. Harold Shipman, the yeah, GP in England, who's the greatest, uh, greatest, most prolific serial killer in British history. Now he came from a working class background. His father was a council truck driver, and he really wasn't much on the scene. But Shipman's relationship with his mother was very intense. And when he was 13 or 14, when his father was on night duty, he would sleep in the bed with his mother. And, of course, he was already a teenager. Now, no one can say it became incestuous, but it certainly was very intense. And when she dies of cancer when he's 17, he He spends the night running through the rain. He just can't deal with it. Well, I mean, Hitler was shattered 